Hello and welcome to Win the Middle. We're about to dive into a conversation that may very well redefine the way you see your next decade. In every stage of life, we encounter changes, challenges and opportunities for growth. But when it comes to midlife, why does it always seem to come with a crisis? And more importantly, how can we make these middle years our best years? My name is Jeff and my co-host Greg and I have come together around a shared passion for personal growth, training and triathlon. Jeff is the Head of Employee Experience and Capability at Macquarie Bank. And Greg is the CEO and co-founder of Education Disruptor Creatable. We're here to pull the curtain back and reveal that midlife isn't an end or a crisis, but a thrilling new chapter, ripe with opportunities for transformation and discovery. So buckle up. It's time to welcome the experience, the wisdom, and the potential of your middle years. Let's win the middle. That's interesting, like, the only way I know how to get through it is to outwork it. Mm. It that's is. Been, that's, that's been what you've relied on all, all the whole, your whole life, eh? Yeah. I mean, I was doing a, I did a personality test this morning. It's called a splash. Um, and that particular model was showing how the way that I'm bent is introverted, disciplined um, in this particular model. And then it also said, well, that's your normal state. But then when you're under pressure, what comes out? And it just goes, for me, deeper into that. So other people might become more gregarious and outgoing and, and whatnot. I just bury more and more into the strengths of working hard by myself. Uh, so, yeah, I've been, I've been seeing that this week. Wow. And what, before I hit record, you said something that I hadn't heard before. You talked about being unconsciously incompetent and then moving to being consciously incompetent and then becoming consciously competent and then becoming unconsciously competent. Well, I haven't heard that before. Can you explain that? That's cool. Yeah, it's just a, a stages of development thing. And so I'm, I'm four months into a new job. And it was just a realization of where I'm at with that and just accepting that's where I'm at. Uh, and so I came into the job fully excited and, yeah, I was just unconsciously incompetent. I didn't know what I didn't know at that point. Now I know what I don't know, so I'm consciously incompetent. And, you know, hopefully I move through to being at least consciously competent. But, um, you know, I'm probably blending into that world in 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 a lot of spaces but that requires a lot of like thought and process and it's slow um before it just becomes autonomous and 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 quick so it's just a stages of development thing but it was a good thing to think about just as far as taking pressure off where i'm at Mm. you know i'm not i'm not there yet and is the only way to move through those stages of development just by the outwork outwork it or are there other ways you can move through? Oh, I think there would be heaps of other ways. That's just my personality and, and my bent. Like, and that's what's worked for me in the past. Just keep going back yeah. to the well. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, that's, that's a good segue into today's topic. You sent me a Forbes article this week titled, To Find Your Next Act, Look Back to Your Childhood. And the article opened with this line, if the inevitable what do I do with the rest of my life question has you perplexed, you may benefit from revisiting who you were as a child and what you love to do. Uh, And we've been speaking for a number of weeks now about doing an episode on formative experiences from our younger years. And this article seems to support that concept with some research into this whole area called narrative identity. 
And uh, the article kind of went on to suggest that in those dusty storage boxes filled with your childhood keepsakes, report cards, photos, artworks, news clippings, colouring books, ribbons, medals, other artefacts, you may find clues for your tomorrow. And so did you get a chance at all this week, Jeffy Boy, to research those childhood keepsakes? And if you did, what did you discover or learn about your personality as a kid? I did. I did have an opportunity to revisit it. And actually finding that article was a function of us talking about some things from childhood and realizing, oh, I've let some of those things go and I loved those things. Uh, it's, and so as I was thinking about that, I was like, oh, I wonder if there is anything in childhood that can teach us about maybe the future. And that's how I came across this article and went on this process. So mum had COVID this week, so I couldn't go around and visit, but she actually did research for me. So um, thanks, Mama Davis. Um, she dug through some photos, sent it over to me on um, message looked through my report cards, comments in there. She also made some of her own observations of character. And I also went through this five-step life story process to help as well. And, and I think, you know, to cut to the chase, I think more than anything, it just verified things that I know about my personality. But there was some other things where it was like, yeah, actually, I have really underweighted that particular thing hmm. so yeah I went through that process and and funnily enough mum sent this photo she sent me a b- bunch of photos but one of them was um, playing my Game Boy and I was like oh that's funny there's me up regulating before I had a mobile phone um, <laughs> but I've got some pleasing news on my homework statistically it, the, my phone popped up with a uh, 20% reduction in usage over the week I can't remember what the times were but but I also read 200 pages of a book this week. Wow, a, that's huge. That's a cool trade. Like less time on the phone, more time spending reading. That's a great trade. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I've just uh, diverted to homework. I'll talk you through the, the five-step process that I went through because that might be useful for yeah. listeners too as, a, as something that they could do. So the first one was to create a list of 25 enjoyable accomplishments over different phases of life from childhood to present. So I did that. I actually had 31 on my list without too much thought. And then from that list, select the top seven, the most meaningful and significant. Uh, And the recommendation for that process is one from each of four time periods being childhood, adolescence, professional life, and personal life, then just add three more because seven's statistically significant. Third step is uh, write a detailed description about each accomplishment. Now, I haven't done this bit, so that's homework for the coming week. Step four and five is broadly to look through the common threads in those stories and they might help you with how you move forward. But I did, I did do that process Uh, And that was good. And so between the photos, the report cards, uh, and that process, what I verified is team is very important to me, being on a team. Uh, But so is time alone. I like to have some range and some depth. Uh, So it's important to me to be an all-rounder. In a work setting, we would say, we would call that having a broad T. So you've got something that you're really deep expert on, but you can cover a lot of other things at a relatively high level. I really like being like that. Uh, working hard is very important to me. Effort like, is, is something I like, and I thought that was an interesting observation. Achieving... And helping others achieve is important to me. One or the other doesn't matter. Here's some of the teacher comments that I thought were just like, oh, yeah, they kind of nailed me. Uh, Quiet, very well behaved, popular with other children. This is classic. 
seems to dislike noise in class. Like, I hate being overstimulated. Even in the office, it really frustrates me. Hard worker, perfectionist, takes all school activities very seriously. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty numb. Learning and teaching is something I enjoy. In the comments, in the photos, I just see myself in my eldest son. So I think there's maybe even some I can watch him to find clues. I think the modes and the egos that we've spoken about, fun guy, serious guy, sensitive guy, and Buzz Lightyear as an overall kind of metaphor hold up really well. And I also found this thing that I've always been a warrior. Mum found this letter that I wrote to myself when I was a teenager. I don't remember writing it, but it was kind of talking about my priorities and how I'm making decisions about what I prioritize over different things. And so it was like, it was at, I was at school and it was saying, well, I'm going to prioritize sport over schoolwork. Like it actually <laughs> steps this out and that's like going to look like this and some of the consequences of this. And it was talking about all this stress and worry I had. Like I look back on that now and go, gosh, there was nothing to worry about. And, but I, I think there's something interesting that I've been like that the whole time. And, you know, so what do I do about that? I don't know. But what was the process you went through? What did you learn when you were looking yeah, through so your... Yeah, I've looked through some old photos and I essentially kind of interviewed my mum. And it's crazy, like with my photos, I, I sent you some of them this morning. Mm. I did so much sport as a kid. Like 80 to 90% of my childhood photos were me racing or doing something active, like it's mm. crazy. Uh, but the most insightful thing was talking to my mom, who is my only living parent, um, and just sort of asked her, like, what was I like as a kid? And here are some of the things that she said. She goes, you were so expressive. Uh, she goes, mm. in all your um, reports, you know, your teachers described you as like really outgoing, social, kind of extroverted. You used to get mm. in trouble a lot because you'd yell out answers to the questions. Like you couldn't, you just wanted to express yourself in class. And if you felt like you knew the answer, you wanted to, to, to share it. Mm. Um, really vibrant. You loved people. Mum's like, I don't know what happened, but you were so extroverted as a kid, really vibrant. And um, I've gotten much more introverted uh, as I've aged. Um, hmm. She said you wanted to be part of the crowd. Like she goes, I remember where we had these builders kind of working on our house when we were a kid and you always used to be out there talking to them and hanging out with the builders and they they wore little um, penguin shirts, like collared shirts with a little penguin on them and hmm. she goes, you just wanted me to buy you penguin t- a penguin T-shirt so that you could kind of, like be part of the builder crew. Uh, she goes, uh, you'd always invite yourself over the neighbours. You'd like cross roads to visit people. She goes, I, I, I couldn't keep track of you. You were just off all the time wanting to visit people uh, in the neighbourhood. She goes, you loved pulling things apart to see what was inside, like really curious. She goes, you asked so many questions. She goes, I reckon why was your favourite word. You would always <laughs> ask why to everything. Um, and she said you had a real like photographic memory and just just generally you were just this live wire of a, of a kid. And then um, I was like, oh, that." so that was like I noticed that I think my personality has uh, shifted a lot as I've gotten older in the sense like I, I think I still enjoy being quite being expressive for sure. Um, but maybe I'm much more introverted now than I was as a, as a kid. But I've all, I think I've always told myself that I'm an introvert, but, but maybe I'm not. Maybe there is part of me that is extroverted that could um, I could kind of reawaken maybe. I don't know. But um, I asked her about my dreams and passions too. And she's like, you loved being part of a team. Uh, she goes, you did a lot of sport, but you weren't attached to like a specific type of sport for you. She goes, you just wanted to be part of a team and you loved making teams. So 
rep teams mm. and things like that, you were really motivated to like make the team. Um, yeah. Because you loved reading, uh, loved reading, uh, loved watching movies, playing video games. She goes, it's funny, you didn't really like music as a kid, but you did use the piano in the house to express yourself. In terms of um, like dreams or, or heroes, you you really wanted to be like Trevor Hendy and Kieran Perkins. She said, I remember <laughs> a phase there where um, they were they were definitely two people that you wanted to be like. She goes, sport was your biggest thing for sure. She goes, but you weren't driven to win. Uh, you just wanted to express yourself through it, um, hmm. which I thought was a really interesting observation. She goes, you wanted everyone to know you. And I was like, huh, insightful exercise. Mm. There's a couple of things in there that I think are worth further discussion because they resonate with me. Um, team's always been really important to me. Like in some of the photos, like there's photos of like me wearing a Sharks jersey and I know I always wanted to make the rep teams, you know, even my place of employment now, I was very particular about who I wanted to work for because I always wanted to be a member of the A-team. I didn't need to be like <laughs> I ask a question in interviews now just to see how people, like there's no real right answer, but I ask people, would you prefer to be a member of the A-team? or the captain of the B team. And, oh, man, A team every single time for me. And some of, yeah, my favorite memories have been being on those super teams, not being the yeah. star player, but being a part of it. You know, at, at one point I was really into OzTag and our, our, our team won, our Cronulla team won the Nationals made the Australian side but I reckon almost my favorite team was we played in men's A grade in the Cronulla comp which was probably the most competitive comp in the country and we won that I was just like like still one of my favorite memories sporting wise and I just loved that team aspect of it and Hmm. when I think about that it's really interesting that we love triathlon now and but we love being in a team like it's an individual sport, but we've still joined this squad, which is partly about the training. But I think there is that attempt to try and find that team aspect of it too. I was just thinking about that. That why why do I why do I love being in a squad so much when it's an individual sport? I think there's something about being in that high performing team, um, tribal, whatever it is. There's something in there, don't you reckon? What are your totally. reflections on making teams and individual versus team sport and all of that? Yeah. Well, uh, w- one of the things that I have caught myself saying a lot uh, in relation to work is uh, where is more important than what to me. So where I work, a.k.a. the environment that I'm in, yep. is more important than what I'm doing. So I, I liken it to um, a seed, right? A, all seeds are relatively equal in their potential to become a tree. The thing that makes the difference is the soil that the seed is planted in. So you plant a seed in, in toxic soil and it's going to be stunted in its growth. But if you plant a seed in healthy soil and the sunlight, the soil, the water, the the environmental factors are right, uh, uh, then the seed will reach its full potential and become all that it's that it could become. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, um, yeah, I'm I'm very particular about um, environments uh, and and wanting to place myself uh, in the right environment. So, so with work, like the comp, the, the culture, the company that I work for is way more important to me than the role. Like I feel like I could sort of do a number of different roles. Like it's it's less important to me what I'm doing, but sort of where I'm doing it is important. And so then, um, so that that's an interesting uh, application of that as it relates to work. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as um, team goes and triathlon and stuff, it's funny. Like uh, I think. My, my, when my mum said the type of sport 
like you weren't doing sport to try and win. You were doing it to express yourself. Uh, mm. I thought, and then, and then she later said, you just loved being part of a team. So you've got this for me, uh, I think training and racing is ultimately for me about self-expression mm. and being part of a team. So like a five hour ride that starts in the dark on a Saturday morning, for me, it's finding a moment to get what's on the inside of me out. Um, it's like the session is this canvas that I paint myself onto. Um, I want I want to leave my mark on it. Uh, same with a race, like a, an artist's signature. But I'm also really motivated by making the team. So if there's a rep team that I'm a chance for, then I'm going to aim at that target, which is mm. which is what I'm doing at the moment with some of my triathlon goals and um, mm. making the um, the Australian team for ITU Worlds and stuff like that. Like I'm very motivated to make the team. But I think I use, and I always have, I use physical activity to express myself and find community. Uh, and I think it's probably the reason I was able to let music go so easily and pick triathlon up is because music had become very much a solo activity for me. Um, Mm. There was no community in it. Um, Mm. I could express myself through it, but to who? Um, There was was kind of no intimacy in it, Um, and strangely there's a lot of intimacy for me in triathlon. Like I feel like I'm able to express myself and find community in it. Mm. And I think that's ultimately what I'm chasing. Mm. So interesting. The other one that you said, which I want to pick up on, is the extroversion, introversion thing. Because <laughs> I think it's a super misunderstood topic. And um, I read Quiet by Susan Kane, and I think that was the best description of me where she kind of said everyone sits on a continuum and needs a level of stimulation from other people and everyone at some point will become overstimulated. So even a very extroverted person will need to escape from being around people once they Mm. become saturated. And I I hate when people hear that I'm an introvert, that they think that means I don't like people. I love people. I love being around people that I like. Big groups, not so much. But I have... uh, a big need to connect with people and be around people that I like equally there becomes a point where it tips over and becomes too much for me and I need to be able to escape and one area that plays out for me is work like my role requires that I'm around people a lot and that's the the, be- the way that I'm going to do my job best so it's very important for me to to recharge and have alone time um, so that I can kind of be the best in those moments where I need to be quite extroverted, so to speak. But yeah, I think um, I think I've otherwise described myself as an intimate introvert. I really like being around the people I like, small groups, one-on-one. Um, I love that. I'm very energized mm. by that. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like if I come back to this desire in me to want to express myself and find community, you can't do that in a crowd. You can't express yourself and find community in a crowd. Like it's quite a non-personal uh, experience. And I think that's the thing that I don't like. Like like that's the thing that I retreat from. Uh, but certainly in social settings where I am able to express myself and find community, like to know and be known, I, I, I definitely love that and, uh, and thrive in that environment. But it's the the non-personal sort of large crowd setting that that yeah, I, I think I struggle with because what I, I can't find what I'm seeking in that environment, basically. Yeah. Were there any other were there any other key themes that you noticed from from your kind of look through the past and how they potentially apply to today? Well, I think uh, as it relates to dreams and passions, a reflection that I had is that I've always been a dreamer. I've just never (laughs) quite settled on a thing. I think I've always been looking for the thing. But my reflection was maybe maybe the target doesn't matter. 
which is you know journey over destination and um so long as the 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 goal and the pursuit is a healthy one maybe it doesn't matter too much what the target is another interesting thing dreams and passions related that i saw really stark in the photos was i see a lot of happiness and satisfaction in the achievement photos so i had Mm. sporting photos and like just the my face was saying like I was happy and satisfied, but I saw more joy and contentment in the non-achieving photos. And I think I need both those things. Um, <laughs> and I need more of the latter or I don't need more of it. It's just that I've um, dialed down on it potentially without much thought. <sighs> Um, so it was the photos where I was with, you know, my brothers or I was in the surf or in the mountains and they were the ones where I could see contentment. And I, hmm. that was the one where I was like, and you know, that's a bit like your shark island swim, right? Like that was something from the past where it was like, oh, I've dropped, I've dropped that. But yeah, that was something where I was like, when I look at those photos, that's something I would like to, to dial up on. And then, you know, I, I, I would say I also reflect on I am who I am. Like this is like actually hasn't changed much over time. This is me and I'm enough and just to own that, I think that that's a reflection. I, I, I think working hard is good, uh, but um, I need to not forget to rest and, and celebrate. And... You've done gallop strength, haven't you? Yeah, we've yeah. discussed that gallop strengths before. And I, I, I th- when I wrote that down, don't forget to rest and celebrate, it did remind me of my gallop strengths, which are um, four of my top five uh, achievement, focus, belief, and competition. Um, so they're valuable for me, but some of the applications that I can use to make sure that everyday life is good is to limit priorities uh, make time to celebrate, make time to rest, add timelines and measures to goals to provide inspiration, uh, refer to those goals often, give myself at least one hour of focus time every day uh, because I like focus and, and that will um, give me energy. Uh, keep value reminders around uh, and define what winning is every day um, because some things that I'm working towards are so long-term that I can get lost and disillusioned in the day-to-day if I don't have a very strong sense of what does good look like for the day. So where we've spoken about um, leadership statements and purpose statements, I've actually got my little Buzz Lightyear and the three modes on my desktop now so that when I log in, that's kind of the thing that centers me on the day and mm. I can go, well, what does good look like for today? Um, and I look at my to-do list and it's like, these are the top three things, but I'm also going to make sure that I do it, do that in a way where I'm being present and kind and playful. And that's, mm. that's what good looks like today. Hmm. Yeah. So that like little daily reminder of seeing the core values and that's just something that I've used lately uh, as a kind of a practical what do I learn from the past? What do I learn from the values? And how do I apply that where I am right now? Mm. What about yourself? Key themes? Anything that helps you shape the forward? Yeah, it's interesting. Like there was a really strong athlete theme to my childhood, uh, which I think I under underestimated in my memory of it. Uh, and I've noticed that I've revived it in my life over the last couple of years and I'm finding a lot of joy in it and a lot of of, uh, finding, you know, I've said this phrase to a a number of people lately and that is it's so easy to lose ourselves along the way, like in life, and there's a lot of this part of me I lost along the way and I'm, I'm rediscovering it and 
and finding a lot of joy and meaning in rediscovering it. Uh, and so I see that the athlete, Greg, the athlete is, is being a pretty big part of my future over the next 20 years. Um, I think my routine and my goals reflect this, but it's also finding expression in the way that I parent, uh, particularly my oldest daughter, Soph, who's also a, a high performance swimmer. There's a real nice point of connection with her around a lot of that stuff, which is cool. And, and the other thing I noticed as a kid uh, was like I, I had this dream early on of being an actor. I loved performing. Uh, I actually won the St. George speech at Stedford when I was 12. Um, mm. And then obviously later on as I got older in my late teens, uh, music became like a big thing. And so for me, mm. actor, performer, songwriting, it's all just storytelling at the end of the day and comes back mm. to this idea of me wanting to express myself. And my dad always used to tell me that I had the gift of the gab. He's like, he goes like, you should be a politician. You got the gift of the gab. Um, but I see, I think I see storytelling as sort of the boundary around my career. Uh, I think it's what I'm good at uh, and what I can earn the best living from. And so the industry or sphere in which this currently finds expression is advertising and startups. But yeah, public speaking, pitching, it's always been like a, a strong skill set of mine. So I kind of emerge from this exercise with Greg the storyteller and Greg the athlete um, as kind of mm -hmm. two personas that I think will frame my next decade. Uh, and the other maybe, the yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there um, and maybe ask a question back at you and that is, uh, I mean, you did maybe touch on this before, but uh, have you tied any of these discoveries back to your values? Uh, and are there any clues there in in things that would shape your next 10 years? Hmm. I think my main takeaways were just um, being being more mindful of the the day-to-day -day, uh, through those reminders and the fact that I had lost those moments of contentment and that I do need to find yeah. a balance between achieving because I love achieving. I love setting a goal, love setting, going after a goal. I love sports that are measurable like we have with swim, bike, run, but balancing them out with those freedom activities and the moments of contentment, which may come more from being in nature, surfing, snowboarding, hiking, and, and doing those with family and friends. I, I just think I had unconsciously dropped that and, you know, was probably getting rewarded and satisfied for the achieving part, but had kind of unconsciously dropped that. So it's, I, it, that's my, I guess, main takeaway from this process is to go, it's very validating everything that we've done in prior episodes as far as purpose and values. They are who I've always been. And if I, yeah, add, there's some things that I've dropped unconsciously from the past that I'd like to pick up. I think that would be my takeaway. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. When I reflected back on my six values, which were intimacy, physical and mental health, self-awareness, creativity, agency, and challenge. Uh, I noticed that expressing myself as an athlete touches four out of six of my values, so health, self-awareness, agency, and challenge. Mm. Uh, and then storytelling touches four out of six of my values mm. too, intimacy, self-awareness, creativity, and challenge. Mm. Um and I mean, and you mentioned Gallup Strengths Finder before. I think my top five of those were activator, maximizer, strategic, futuristic, and achiever. And and again, those two personas of like storyteller and athlete, I can see them all lining up. Like all the all the puzzle pieces are kind of fitting in, kind of quite nicely, and it all 
makes sense and feels aligned, which is encouraging. So I think this exercise has helped me really rally around, as I said, those two personas, storyteller and athlete. Uh, and it's interesting though, maybe what I, what I, what's, what I got surprised by was, um, how a lot of what is driving me is this desire to express myself and find community. And then I see my, my top value, my yearning for intimacy there in that. Um, and so I think an interesting, uh, bit of homework or exercise for me following on from this is connecting my skill and love for storytelling uh, into my pursuit of intimacy in my core relationships. So a good question for me to consider is how can I express myself more to the people that matter most to me? Mm. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, to, I guess, encourage you as well, like I, I think I picture when we've been in the pool, in squad or whatever, and I think of you as um, Greg the storyteller, Greg the athlete who is expressing himself and finding community and I, it feels so real to what I see. Um, and, um, I might not be able to express this really well, but the feeling I get when I'm in the lane with you and you're a better swimmer than me, but it's, it, it, it is like you're, you, you're not competitive with me. You're not, you are like, you're it, it, in some ways it is just an expression and there is connection with, you know, other people in in the lane where you are positive and encouraging and you're wanting the best from them as as well as you know being focused on your technique and and swimming the best you can but it is overall an expression of who you are and so I guess I'd encourage you with that because like I've definitely benefited from that Um, Mm. it's an environment that I thrive in like that you know that's i'm not i'm not making a a, a judgment here but there's other people where you you know they're racing you in training and it's just like (laughs) what are you doing and and it's just it's like it's fine i mean you're always that's part of the squad dynamic right like you're trying to chase someone and someone's trying to chase you links in the chain that's a good healthy thing but um there's there's a difference in the environment where it's like you can lift everyone up and still be positive and yeah I I guess that just I'm ra- waffling on now but I I really see that in the way that you apply yourself mm. expressing yourself through uh, swimming or triathlon is like I like I see that yeah. It's cool. It's cool for me to realize that, like, cause it's okay to uh, be to like achieving things, mm. but but it's not being driven by competition or wanting to be better than other people. Like, it, that's never been my driver. And um, and it, yeah, people people can have lots of different motivations for for why they do certain things, and so. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah, wanting to leave my mark on something like that, like like a like an artist, like express myself and find community. Like I see all that desire for intimacy, connection, as the deep driver. But then, yeah, I think I can really rally behind those two personas, storyteller and athlete, and and help help that sort of steer my next. 10 years, particularly around work, you know, because I think there's lots of things that I could do, uh, but wanting to sort of stay boundaried around what I most enjoy and what I'm best at. And, and, and we, in order to do that, we need to be, we need to know what that is, right. Mm. And be able to say it and say no to everything else, you know? Mm. 
Um, I sent you a text that you didn't reply to. Um, <laughs> so this is high risk uh, territory now because I may have been well at way off path. But I think I made the comment something to the effect that design reveals purpose. And I were kind of I, I said that you look at a bird and a bird by design it's got wings, and so its purpose is to fly. And I think we search for purpose and I reckon there's this like back, backing out of, well, how was I designed and how do I find purpose in that design? And there's things that are given to you as innate abilities or passions or whatnot that I think reveal purpose. And I think this kind of gets to that, I was built this way yeah. um, and that reveals purpose. Was I way off the mark, or or do you um, do you do you feel feel me there? No, I, I totally feel you, and I love the idea that purpose isn't something that you find external, like out there. Mm. It's something that you unearth mm. uh, from sort of inside you. Like it, it's 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 there already in you. Like it's part of your DNA wanting to find expression. That's that's your purpose. And so understanding you, understanding your DNA, what has always been inherently you, like who you've been, who you are, who you will be. And I think that's this is what this whole episode's about is um, is looking looking at you, studying you, you as a main character and going back to you as a kid before you learn or like before we got caught up in um, – who we think we should be and comparing ourselves with others and and before the world tells us to do X, Y, and Z, uh, what was innate in me as a kid? Uh, and that's where the clues are to, to who I should be uh, today and tomorrow. And, yeah, I think, I think, I think it's bang on. Uh, I, I think what the, the, the person that I've articulated today I think I think if the people that know me today and the people that knew me when I was a teenager were listening to me talk today, they'd be like, "Yeah, that's Greg." Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, and I think, but but I've spent most of my life. I well, I would have spent from twenty to thirty-seven, seventeen years, not really. Uh, steering into this stuff like like essentially i feel like i've I, I, lo I sort of lost myself along the way and maybe i was trying to be someone that i wasn't or i wasn't sure who i was and i uh, was trying to figure it out and so yeah i think i think i think it's super helpful like all this stuff it's essentially like a diamond has different facets and i think we've spent 13 or 14 episodes essentially looking at the same thing from so many different angles right but it but it all feels like we keep talking about the same stuff because we're just trying to sort of understand ourselves better and and help and in doing so that is the thing that helps us navigate midlife well because um, mm. we're moving through it with a greater sense of awareness of self and therefore uh ability to dial in better to our surroundings and environment and other people's needs and all that sort of stuff so yeah i love it purpose in design agree wholeheartedly and and, and the diamond is a beautiful metaphor too because um what do we know I about felt, i felt a little weird saying it it felt like a, fe a feminine uh metaphor but i didn't it was the first thing that came to mind no not let me there's nothing wrong with feminine metaphors not uh i love it because a diamond is valuable uh oh, yeah. and and you're right like it has different dimensions i don't know the the different things to look for but like the clarity and those other measures of it but it be, can be cut a different way you can look at it through different lenses and see different different elements of it but it's at its best, it's like sharp and beautiful, and I, I like the diamond analogy. What was um, what was your favorite photo? 
This is a great question. And this is a great question. Can we post it on the Instagram page? Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think I've got a favorite photo. It's a photo of me in a pool. I would be maybe, I don't know how old that is, say three or four. I've got a floaty on my back. Uh, you can see the hand of an adult in the background. So someone's like I'm, I'm obviously in the pool trying to swim on my own. But I, I can tell by the look on my face that uh, I don't want help. Like I'm like, I've got this. Like I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to learn a new skill and figure it out. And so I see, <laughs> I see own the mountain a lot in that photo. This idea of, um, yeah, like wanting to to take responsibility and own my own development and improvement in this area. Uh, obviously, I'm in a pool. Um, it's active. Like I can see Greg the swimmer, like the athlete, sort of there. Yeah. So I think that's my favorite photo. So you can post it. I sent it to you already. Cool. I had two that I wanted to talk about. One was like my immediate reaction was I love that photo. And it was um, at Sylvania Athletics track. I reckon I'm year four maybe and I'm walking away from the camera with um, three of my mates from school and – two of them have their hands on my shoulder. So I reckon I've probably just done reasonably well in a race. I could have, I could have won. And yeah, my immediate reaction was like, cool. Like, I'm, I look, yeah, I've probably just done something good. I'm satisfied. I'm popular. And then when I was thinking about that, I was like, Oh, there's a dark side to that photo too, where, there was like people wanted to attach themselves to you because you'd just done something good. Okay. And, um, and you know, getting that kind of false sense of I'm okay because of what I do. Mm. And I think that's um, kind of maybe been something that's kind of popped up through my life a bit is oh, I did well in that. I'll chase more of that. That kind of felt good, but it wasn't necessarily who I am. And it's def and you know, maybe not the people around me who are just supporting me and loving me for who I am. Mm-hmm. Whereas I thought there was this one where I'm maybe five, I reckon, and I'm sanding this thing for dad, like with an orbital sander. Yeah. And like, I just look heaps, uh, serious <laughs> and like I'm probably stuffing it up too um but yeah I just look really diligent and disciplined I'm like oh that's that's just who I've always been like just diligent working hard trying to help like I, I just saw that one I was like that's cool I love that that's awesome <laughs> can I change mine yeah because I, I just had a, another quick glance and there's a photo that I think I like better than the one of me on my own in the pool and that's there's one uh, with me and my mum. Uh, so my, I'm, I'm young. My mum's pretty young as well. There's something about this photo that I love. I'll try and articulate it. It feels like, I mean, being in the water, uh, sort of being placed in a like again I've I've spent so much of my life kind of in 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 the water and so I can really identify with that but I think I think there with my mum is a special one for me I think obviously I can sort of see the intimacy finding kind of community place to belong uh, all of that sort of wrapped up in the photo. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's better it's better for me to be to be with someone than on my own. You know, like in the sense the the photo that I talked about for I was on my own trying to conquer a skill, whereas this photo I'm with someone and I'm settled and happier 
and more content and just it feels like that's where I belong, you know. Um, I'm not thrashing against the water. Like the water's all calm around me. It just feels uh, a little bit more the way that it should be, if that makes sense. Mm. So it's interesting for me to to put those two images side by side and go, this is what Greg on his own looks like and this is what Greg with community and, and with mm. someone like looks like and one photo I'm thrashing against the water trying to conquer it and the other one there's no there's no need to conquer you know there's no need to to hustle like it's it I'm being held in place by the people around me Mm. and I think the mature Greg the Greg that I'm becoming is going to be more that photo um being held in place by the people around me uh, finding more meaning in core relationships than being out on my own trying to conquer conquer mountains and conquer things. So mm. that's just a bit of a real-time waffle reflection from me. Yeah, I like it. We could do that for hours. It was fun going through the process, hey? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully people give it a go for themselves and what they discover is a – an affirmation of things that they already know or maybe there's a few surprises in there too that give them keys Mm. to the next chapter Mm. hopefully a bit of both we hope today's conversation has provided you with some food for thought and a new perspective on how to make these middle years your best years remembering that midlife is not about crisis it's about growth transformation and embracing the strength that comes from experience when the